Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button if you want me to punch you in the throat, and let's just jump into it. If you thought we were gonna start the week off with a happy story, you are sorely mistaken. Police in Colorado handcuffed a woman, put her in the back of their patrol car, which just happened to be on train tracks, and it got hit by a fucking train. And we know this because it was captured on body cam footage. So what happened? I know you need details. Uh, you have police in Colorado arresting 20-year-old Yoreni Rios Gonzalez near a set of train tracks for a gun-related road rage incident. Like I said, they put her in the patrol car, which is for some reason idling on the train tracks or searching her truck. And at one point, you can even hear a train sounding off in the distance while the cops are searching through her truck, just ignoring it or not paying attention. Meanwhile, Rios Gonzalez, via her lawyer, said that she saw it coming. She could hear the horn, that she was trying to get the police officer's attention, screaming at them. She had her hands tied behind her back and was frantically trying to unlock the door. However, instead of trying to pull her out, all we see is an officer running away as the train pummels the car. Their lawyer adding that he doesn't understand why the police parked the car on the train tracks in the first place and why they didn't move it when they arrested Rios Gonzalez. Now, luckily, we know that the woman is alive, but she did sustain serious injuries. Nine broken ribs, a fractured sternum, head, and back injuries. And so the woman is expected to survive and an officer has been placed under investigative leave while the situation is reviewed. And I do want to note, I understand that there are two different incidents here. There, are, There is whatever this woman allegedly did, though right now no charges have been filed against her. And then there is arresting a person, putting them on train tracks. Like, are you in a fucking oldie time cartoon? Who ties someone up and leaves them on train tracks? But as of now, the police department has released a statement saying, due to several ongoing investigations by outside agencies, the town will not be commenting further on this unfortunate incident. And adding they're fully cooperative with all relevant investigations and will await findings on the specific involvement of its employee in this matter. But I also have to wonder, what could that investigation find out? That putting someone in the back of a police car on train tracks is a bad idea? Thank you for the investigative work. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, they changed the requirement to get into law enforcement in this town to be, do you want to be a cop? Check yes or no. And then KSI, iShow Speed, and countless other creators absolutely fucking destroyed the internet this weekend. And I mean that in a good way. So if you don't know, this group of internet creators known as the Sidemen, they're, they're huge everywhere, but especially in the UK, they have this charity football match. It's been a while since the last one. There's been a lot of hype for this. And let's just go by the numbers, because it's all mind-blowing. They held it at a football stadium that houses 27,000 people. The match itself was actually really close, eight to seven entertaining the entire way through. At peak, 2.6 million people were watching the event. That video alone has almost 20 million views as of recording this. And they raised $1 million for charity in record time. This was a resounding success in every way. It was like a mixture between this charitable good and this actually entertaining match and a mix of a WWE, largely thanks to iShow Speed. Whether it be because he was doing Ronaldo impressions or or he uh, stole the ref's yellow card and smacked him on the ass. I think he's going to book the ref here. Clattenburg's running away. It's an absolute pantomime of a game. He whips his bum. Yeah, a massive congratulations and props to everyone that put on and were a part of that event. Huge. And then you've got less than 24 hours to get in on the beautifulbastard.com drop. Some stuff will be available afterwards, but most of it's going away. That's why you can snag the keep going tie dyes for yourself or a friend. Or maybe the bringer of Sadness World Tour gear, the beautiful bastard monkey, the ghouls just want to have fun stuff, or beautiful bastardify your room with some awesome posters. You get some awesome when you support something you love. 
or life. Or watch to fill your brain with noise so you don't have to have your own thoughts in your head anymore. And then, Russia's tearing itself apart right now. So last week, sad boy Vlad announced a partial mobilization of around 300,000 Russian citizens to fight in the war against Ukraine. And while only some Russians were against Vlad the Week's attack on Ukraine, turns out many, many Russians were against going themselves. Putin has greatly failed. He's getting desperate. Many people there not on board, making it abundantly clear. Some doing so by protesting and others, uh, well, we're seeing things like news today where a 25-year-old gunman opened fire at a military draft office in Siberia, critically wounding the office's commander. The assailant, who's been arrested and is in custody right now, reportedly acting because he was angry that he and his friend were given draft summons despite not having any military experience. Or seemingly feeling like they were just getting thrown into the wood chipper. And as part of the mobilization announcement last week, top Kremlin officials said that only men who had military experience and a specialization would be called to serve. But instead, there have been numerous reports of people who are unfit or do not meet the criteria being called to report for duty, including a disproportionate number of ethnic minorities, which has obviously furthered concerns about Russia's ability to properly train and equip these recruits. And in fact, the process has been such a fucking disaster that officials have even taken the rare step there of admitting they made a mistake, with the Kremlin spokesperson acknowledging just today that there have been errors in summoning people who should have been exempt, though he also tried to shift the blame to local authorities who have been implementing the draft effort. But also, understand this shooting today is far from the only act of defiance that we've seen. Since the announcement last Wednesday, there have been 17 attacks on military recruitment centers at administrative buildings. And all we're seeing is more and more. I mean, just today we saw reports that a man drove his car into a recruiting center and then set it on fire by throwing several Molotov cocktails into the building. And it's not just attacks on centers. We saw a recent video showing a drafted man setting himself on fire and screaming he didn't want to go to the front. Beyond that, we've also seen protests against mobilization breaking out in dozens of cities across Russia following the draft announcement. Though Russia trying to quickly crack down on this with a Russia-based human rights organization reporting that police have arrested over 2,240 demonstrators as of Sunday. Meanwhile, you've got tons of people trying to flee Russia altogether right now with thousands of cars lining up at the border carrying young men trying to avoid the draft. With one independent Russian newspaper reporting that Russian authorities estimate that 261,000 men fled the country just between last Wednesday and Saturday. And so, of course, there are concerns that Russian authorities will respond by closing down the border or even instituting martial law. And it's even being reported that a number of countries neighboring Russia have moved to restrict entry from those fleeing conscription. The Wall Street Journal reporting that over the weekend, Putin signed a new law that will punish soldiers with up to 10 years in prison if they refuse to fight, desert their post, or surrender. And so that's where we are. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially because, I mean, this, this matters on so many levels. Not only what happens between Russia and Ukraine, but also on an international scale. We're seeing a sad, desperate, failing man, and it's important to always remember this is a country that has nukes. And so there's always this question in the air of what will he do, and will those around him just let the madman continue? And then, you know, it's really annoying how companies are collecting, aggregating, and trading your personal data without you knowing it. Data brokers, marketing brokers, financial information brokers, too many brokers, all selling to third parties or using it for themselves. And that process of deleting the information, it can take years. But thanks to our fantastic sponsor, Incogni, they'll do it for you. Your data can be compromised by something as simple as registering for a store's loyalty card. And then a few days later, you're getting spam in your mailbox and calls to your phone. Or for super fun times, someone finds your home address. And I mean, info like your name, email, home address, social security number, it gets collected and sold over and over again. It can feel out of control. So when listing Incogni to take on the process of removing your data off the market, it just makes sense. So go to incogni.com slash DeFranco and the first 100 people to use code DeFranco will get 20% off Incogni. It's incogni.com slash DeFranco and use code DeFranco to get your personal data off the market. And then people are freaking out about Italy right now. And it's not just because the country invented and dropped pizza 2.0, rather because Georgia Maloney, leader of the Brothers of Italy party, has now declared overwhelming victory in the general election. With exit polls showing that her right-wing alliance got at least 44% of the vote and her party grabbed the biggest share with at least 26%. Then Matteo Salvini's far-right league party getting 9%, former 
former PM Silvio Berlusconi, center-right Forza Italia getting 8%. And altogether, very strong numbers, with the center-left alliance only getting around 26% of the vote, putting it squarely in the minority. So while the final poll results should come out today, a U-trend projection says that the right wing could get as many as 238 of the 400 seats in the lower house and 112 of the 200 seats in the upper house. So those on the right, of course, obviously loving this news, celebrating this news, but also in Europe, there are many who are concerned. Many noting that Maloney is the furthest right politician who could have taken power in Italy. Right, if you looked online, you've seen people saying this is girl boss fascism or calling our girl boss Mussolini. But also for people who haven't been following her career or the elections in Italy, there's a question of, okay, well, what does this actually mean? What does that look like? Why are people saying that? Is it just fear mongering? And so looking into it, we find things like a, a clip of her speaking to the far right Vox party in Spain earlier this year. Either you say yes or you say no. Yes to the natural family, no to the LGBT lobby. Yes to sex identity, no to gender ideology. Yes to the culture of life, not the abysm of death. Yes to the University of the Cross, no to the Islamist violence. Yes to secure borders, no to mass migration. Yes to the work of our citizens, no to big international finance. Yes to the sovereignty of peoples, no to the bureaucrats in Brussels. And yes to our civilization. As for more concrete policy, she's hardcore anti-refugee, and in that vein, she posted a video last month promising to impose a naval blockade in the Mediterranean to stop people fleeing Libya on boats. People also noting that she has said that she will not ban abortion, which has been legal in Italy since 1978, but local areas where her party has ruled has seen abortion access restricted. You also have people pointing to her attitude toward the European Union, which is complicated. On one hand, she has floated the idea of taking Italy out of the Eurozone or even the EU entirely, with her threatening to shake up the status quo in Europe by joining forces with other far-right demagogues like Hungary's Viktor Orban. But on the other hand, Italy is dependent on the EU, and she knows it with the country being one of the most deeply indebted in the Eurozone, and it's actually received some 200 billion euros in European pandemic recovery funds and being promised 19 billion just for this year, which is nearly 1% of Italy's GDP. And that money isn't guaranteed. Just before the election, the European Commission's president suggested that it would cut funding for Italy if Maloney's government went in an undemocratic direction. And so many who are not happy with her getting into this position of power hope that her tight position will force her to moderate her politics, which people say would line up with the way that she has branded herself during this election, stressing that she is a conservative, not a fascist. But also when you have to convince people that you are not the next Mussolini, you're, you might not be off to the best start. And and notably, that fear doesn't come out of nowhere. Right? That party, Brothers of Italy, has its roots in the Italian social movement, which is a neo-fascist party that came up in the wake of World War II to continue Mussolini's legacy. And in fact, the movement symbol, a tricolor flame, remains on the party's flag, with Maloney refusing to remove it to this day. And actually, back in the 90s, she began her political career by joining the movement's youth branch and then going on to lead it after it was renamed the National Alliance. And also, you might have seen this clip already, she infamously said around that time, I believe that Mussolini was a good politician, which means that everything he did, he did for Italy. And this is also the same party that last week had to suspend a member who was running for parliament after a newspaper revealed that he had made comments supporting Hitler. Right, so that is what happened, but now there's the question of why and how. Or maybe you've seen those headlines. How did such an extremist rise to power? And the answer appears partly to do with the record low voter turnout this election, especially in the South. You also have some scholars saying that it is gender washing, which is when far-right female politicians brand themselves as advocates for women while stripping them of reproductive rights and hurting their interests in other ways, which you can see here, for example. The left defense 
finds the woman unless it encounters a criminal foreigner. At that moment, because of their ideology, the criminal foreigner is more valuable than the woman. But also, and I think this is a really important note to hit not only here, but, but elsewhere, her success is also a symptom of profound discontent with the establishment parties. Right, Maloney co-founded Brothers of Italy in 2012 as a splinter party from the mainstream right in Italy. And both it and its predecessors, the Italian Social Movement and the National Alliance, only got single-digit numbers in the polls. Right, as recently as the 2018 election, Brothers in Italy only got 4% of the vote. But during the unity government in 2021 and 2022, it was left as the only opposition party, which has caused it to skyrocket in popularity, leading us to today, exactly 100 years since Mussolini's fascists marched on Rome. And it's hard to overstate how significant this is, even if Maloney doesn't accomplish a ton in terms of policy, because this signals an earthquaking shift in Europe's third largest economy coming after 69 successive governments since 1946, none of which were as far right as this one. And understand, this is not just a European phenomenon. Both Maloney and Orban spoke at the Conservative Political Action Conference in the US this year. And many of these far-right populist figures, be it Trump, Bolsonaro, Modi, and so many others, they share a similar ideology. They oppose immigration, they oppose women's and LGBT rights, and above all, they oppose democratic norms and institutions. But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching and subscribing to my daily dives into the news. Also, for more news you need to see, click or tap right there. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.